Welcome to the Revlent Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues ranging from the pressures of materialism in the social media age to protecting our mental health and even relationships as originally designed by God. And I'm your host, Chidema. Let's get started. this week's episode of the Revless Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. So on this episode, we have Mrs. Ginika Odua, Mrs. Ufoma Arubai, and Mr. Izuchuku Arinze. Last week, we heard our teens tell us why they feel misunderstood. Our teens generally felt that parents needed to learn better ways in which they would communicate with them and how to actually approach situations that would arise during the course of their relationship and they were also eager to hear what the parents had to say so it's really really going to be an interesting discussion today and I look forward to hearing all that wisdom as well so let's get started so the first thing I'd like to know is there much difference between your generation and this younger generation in terms of parenting and how your parents addressed you all the question is is there any difference obviously there's a lot of difference there's a big difference and um it's also the fact that a lot of things have changed so whether we like it or not a lot of them factors that have influenced this change is something beyond our control i look at how i was brought up and how i am bringing my own teenagers up there's a lot of difference i grew up in a very strict christian family where you don't get argue you are given instructions and you go with it you do not even get to air your opinion you don't even have an opinion you just do it the worst that will happen is if you don't like it you can grumble you can cry but it gets done and my parents then they never asked your opinion. They never, they just assume that you do not have a say. But presently, because the way I train my children, even without asking them, they have an opinion about everything. You give an instruction and they get to question it. And the interesting part of it is they actually question you from a very intelligent position. So having that in mind, you sometimes you get thrown off balance. Mommy, why do I have to do this? Why can't I do it this way? I read something like this, you know. So there's a whole lot of difference in terms of exposure, technology. Even with the parents, we have evolved over the years from where we are coming from. We had a lot of limited resources. There now so many things online. So I think there's a lot of difference in our, even the way culture is evolving. Hmm. Even education everything is evolving so definitely parenting too is evolving not necessarily negatively both ways that's what i think thank you very much i would like to say that um, parenting both then and now cannot be said to have um, rules that everybody must keep or everybody keeps It, it is basically a function of the family, the culture, and um, the society one comes from. What I noticed growing up is that my parents dealt with us on the basis of what 
what they have seen in you or what they have observed in you as a child over a period. You, you discover that a child is given an option to make a comment or to question uh, an instruction because he has done it in the past and he has done it intelligently. And another child does not have as much the same opportunity because he has not been trusted to do it intelligently. So basically, relationship with parents is is like um, a bank account. Trust is like bank account. You you withdraw what you have been able to deposit. It is still the same thing today. If a child can conveniently show the parents that he is able to understand and when he questions an instruction or an opinion of the parents, he does it intelligently. He's allowed um, some leverage to do that, but it is not the same with every child. Fantastic. Thank you very much, sir. I think uh, all this goes down to understanding like uh, Mr. Right, said. It depends on individual uh, training understanding. At times, I don't blame our teens of this generation because it boils down to how the training goes. And we parents of this generation, I think we allow our children to do so much time. So I think the training and understanding is the bottom line that makes it a, a little bit different for the generation. Hmm. I agree. Thank you very much, ma'am. The next question we would like to ask is, what are the major causes of conflict between parents and their teens? As you've mentioned, the training we got in those days it's not what they expect now. In those days, like Mrs. Oforma said, go and sit down, do this, do that. There is no room to even explain yourself or to show whether you're intelligent or you're not intelligent. Point is, my word stands. But now they expect a lot more different things. And probably because of social media, they see a lot of things. So they're a bit more influenced. So what are the major causes of this conflict between parents in terms of how we even relate with our children. I think a major cause of conflict now is that many children think that their parents don't know anything because they are exposed to the internet faster than their parents. They can fiddle with gadgets better than their parents and then they think they also know more than their parents. There is wisdom that the parents have that he needs to also go for. He's able to combine the two and make the best out of it. But the moment a child begins to think because they, he can use the phone better, he's on Zoom, he's on this, he's on IG, he's on therefore the parents who are maybe not on those platforms don't know anything, then there is bound to be conflict. Because when the parents give instruction, the child begins to behave as is as if he's receiving instruction from somebody uh, who is lower in knowledge and intelligence. Fantastic. Thank you so much, sir. So now we know that there's nothing new under the sun. So we should not just discard the old because they are new to So that's the most important thing I took from that. I will add to that, and I'm still bringing in the upbringing too, because these teenagers. They were babies before they became teenagers. Very true. So from that point of cradle to that teenager age, what did the parents do or didn't they do that affected actions of the teenagers now? So I, I think it still boils down to the upbringing. I think the major cause of the conflicts 
boils down to the upbringing. That's the foundation. Yeah. Giving most teenagers, I will tell you, our parents, the way we were handled yesteryears is not the same way we handle our children these days. Mm. We make them feel so entitled that they don't give any regards to anybody, not to nobody. So once they are of that age, they feel they've arrived. You check out the materials they have been equipped with. When Mr. Reza was talking of uh, internet, phones, and other gadgets, it's with the equipment we've given them, they are now using against us. So it still boils that when, when we are talking of teenagers, we should look at how they got to that age, what the parents did between the cradle to that teenage age. Mm. So I think the major conflict there, the major cause of that conflict is the training between the cradle to that teenage age. Mm. Interesting. Thank you so much. What are the reasons why parents don't trust their teenagers enough to give them privacy? The teenage age is a very sensitive age. Following from the upbringing to that teenage age, you will discover that at the teenage age, the, the child begins to explore a lot. A parent may be seen to be too restrictive, too protective, uh, not giving enough freedom to the child, but in most cases, it is out of love for the child. The parent may be overdoing it in, in a way. It is not to stop the child, it is to keep the child from straying. That is my thinking. So that's, um, that is just hitting the nail on the head. So teenagers think that they've got it all covered. They know what they are doing, they know what you want, they know what they want and they know how to align it, and at the end of the day, they will get it. But you know, rightly, from a place of love, from a place of fear, from a place of responsibility, parents naturally, it's like a reflex act. You want to just, if it's possible to even live this life for them, so they don't bear the consequences of their action, or they don't go astray. So sometimes, from those points, you do not want to let go. Maybe sometimes, it's a, it's a reflection of what some parents have gone through. Some parents see what they are feeling Years coming to pass. Just like Job in the Bible said, what I feared has already come. Do you understand? So parents sometimes out of fear, if I allow this child, what if she makes this mistake? Yeah. What if she does not get, what if she's pressured? They would have come to realize is like what has rightly been said. These children are yours. You grew up with them because as they are growing, you two are growing and you understand them. For my own teenagers, I know if you call me and tell me what my own daughter has done, I can tell you what this child can do, what this that one cannot do. So I know the level of trust for each child. I know, so when it comes to another higher responsibility, I say, this one, I cannot trust you yet. And I keep telling my children, trust doesn't just fall. You don't say it. It's something you work for. You earn it. You, you work for it. I see it over and over again. You grow it. And once you make a mistake, I have to go all over again to the beginning to start building that trust. So you know when I keep telling them that, that if you make, if you make a wrong mistake or if you take the wrong decision, you are just bringing down the pyramid of trust we have been building. That means we are going to start all over again and you know what it means and they don't want to hear that. So that's why I think. Okay, thank you very much. I think the society also with what is happening in our society today, the parents cannot just keep off. We can't have to start trust for our teenagers. Even adults, our adult children, we will keep on moving around them, at least to follow up those. So when it comes to trusting our children, even till 
adulthood, we cannot. We will continue nosing around them. My adult children, I still nose around them. I still want to know what is happening, what they are doing, how they are doing things. So with that, I don't think parents can give up on children. That trust, that word trust, it will be very, very difficult with the type of society we live in today. So I think they still need our support. It's support we are giving them. It's not that we are trusting them. We are not trusting them. We are but we cannot just let them be. Okay. When we say trust eh, and being involved, I don't know the other words to call it, trying to be involved. I think for the fact that um, you are being involved or you want to nose around or you want to know what is happening in your child's life, does it come across as not trusting? Because let's just take, for example, husband and wife. I want to know what's going on in my husband's life, not because I don't trust him. We are working towards the same goal. I, tr- I, I trust him and I expect him to trust me. But if I keep nosing around, I take his phone. I monitor him. Where are you? Where are you coming from? And I'm attacking him from a place of distrust. I think those are two different things. That is why, that is where the conflict is. If you go down that road, that means we are saying that everything that we have imbibed in them, these children cannot take a decision. Mm. So sometimes I tell my children, what do you think? What do you want to do? What do you think? What comes to your mind? And you say, mommy, this is what I want to do. Or this is what I think. And I say, okay, because we can't be with them everywhere. There are times they will take a decision and they will expect me just trust me to take the right decision even at that i will still be looking for a way to just find out that okay did you take the right decision what were the factors that influenced your decision was it pressure so i'm thinking we parents for the fact that we know around does not mean that we don't trust them or does not mean we trust them and we are not interested so some parents trust their children to take some decisions and they just leave it there anything you like you do i trust you that's one angle and some parents say no you know what i don't trust you enough so at what point do you now think this children are growing enough at what point do you now start saying well what i this child i think she's getting a grab of it i think she's beginning to play around it i think she's beginning to influence her choices her decisions and all that so we need to understand the line between that trust and being involved in their lives i don't think we can allow any child to just take decisions even till dates my mom still interferes in my decisions that does not mean that she thinks things in life that teenagers will want to do will give advice based on experience it's now left for that teenager to go back and think over it that does not mean that we don't trust them it's just that we want to put in our own support or maybe like who former said fears because at times if you come to my children i'll tell them this one let's pray about it telling them to pray about it does not mean i don't trust their their decisions it's just for us to be double sure of what we are going into so i think involving our uh, decisions with that of our children does not mean that we don't trust them it means we want to be double sure on that okay i wanted to ask so what if there's already a mistake in that upbringing what if in fact maybe the parents did not even intentionally no, maybe due to negligence or whatever, and there's already a mistake. Can it be rectified? First and foremost, let's be clear that for every good child that you are seeing now, or every teenager that has come off as well behaved, not all of them are necessarily a product of good upbringing. I can testify to that. I have friends that, in fact, you cannot if they can, they did not grow up with parents, they just grew up on the streets. But fine, if there's a mistake, because like I said earlier, as your children are growing, even 
parents are growing, parents even look back and can identify where they went wrong and quickly try to retrace their steps. So parents are undergoing the training as well. As we are training these children, we too, we are going back to the drawing board to keep because the world is changing. So your parental skills too, you have to upgrade it by the day. For a child that it has gone wrong, if it has been, if it's traits that is the parental upbringing that went wrong, sometimes these children is not the parental upbringing, it's external factors. Hmm. Sometimes, but for God's mercy or the child just getting into the right relationship or friendship, there's a turnaround. That, and that's why we're Christians. There's nothing that is impossible. There are some adults that even to date, their, their life is reflecting the ills of their parents. Some families or some marriages are going through issues today as a product of the failed marriages of their parents. And they are coming out of it, not to talk of children. So if it's children that have gone wrong, if it is traced back to parental upbringing, then it can be changed as long as those children are alive. No matter how old, no matter how far gone, the most important thing is tracing because what I've noticed is when you see a child is going wayward, people just assume, ah, his bad friend, his internet, his, uh, the mother was not at home, the father was pursuing money, is the uncle. You know, we need to sit down. So most times when you identify a child that is getting it wrong, try and retrace it. It might not necessarily be from the parents. Sometimes from the parents and you can track it back to why? Because some mothers are even living their life through their children. The bitterness and hurt they are taking from maybe their parents or from their marriages is reflecting on the child. So what do you do? That child needs counseling so that that problem can be nipped at the board. Not just summarizing that oh, is this, is that. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Mr. Riz, has something to say. I wanted to say something in, in line with uh, what Rupoma has said that there is no age at which you can say a human being can no longer be um, corrected. Uh, teenage age is also still impressionable age. If it is possible to find out where we went wrong or the child went wrong, it is still possible to, with the help of God, bring the child back online. That's what I wanted to say. Conclude with uh, what uh, Mr. Harris has already said. Godline, yes, first of all. Then I think having a dialogue with that teenager works out too. Having a personal conversation, sitting that teenager down to find out. Because at times, we parents, we don't bother to find out why a child is misbehaving or doing what he or she is doing. When you have a dialogue with a child, it's the teenager that will open up and tell you the real problem that he or she is having. Mm-hmm. And that is where you now start of that Fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all for taking the time out and I look forward to having both parents and teens come and discuss a bit further. That would be very nice. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Bye.